Well, welcome, my name is Mark Giroux, and I am the founder of a small business called Uncompromising Financial. Today, I'm going to discuss how we can practically follow Christ and allow him to be the CEO of our company. Uh, other than accepting Christ as my Lord and Savior, the most significant thing that's happened to me in my life is learning how to walk with Christ in an intimate relationship with him and to be led by him. You see, I grew up in uh, a really religious environment, and so when I, came, when, when I came to Christ, I brought a lot of that mentality into my walk, into my walk of faith. And so I was great at reading the Bible, having quiet time, memorizing scripture, serving, and doing all the things to try and be a good Christian. Something was missing. And several years later, I was really blessed by being discipled by someone who showed me how to really walk with Christ in a, a living, engaging relationship with Him. And it, that was just about the time that I started Uncompromising Financial. So it was also a time where I could practice how to be led by Christ and how to allow Him to be the CEO of my company, not me. And so in this message, I'm going to develop the scriptural basis for how we are to walk with Christ. And we're going to look at how Jesus walked with the Father and how he is the perfect model for us. And I've always just loved that. I've just loved that Jesus came to earth, even though he was God, he humbled himself and submitted himself to the Father. And the way that he did that is the perfect model for us and the way that we are to do that. And I'm not sure what it is about that. I think maybe it's just because it, it simplifies life for me. I always know what the target is. I always know in any situation that I'm in that I am to, to respond to, in that situation uh, to Christ in the same way that he responded to the Father. I do it very imperfectly, but I always know what the, what the target is. And so let's go ahead and look at these scriptures. And so <clears throat> the first point that I'm going to make is that Jesus always submitted to the Father. And he was all, his focus was always doing the will of the Father. And so in John 6, 38, it says, For I, Jesus speaking in these verses, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. In John 5, 19, it says, So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. In John 12, 49, it says, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. He was completely led, focused, and led by the Father. In John 14, 10, he says, the words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does this work through me. In John 4, 34, Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work, not his own work, but from finishing God's work. And in John 8, 29, he says, and the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases him. I think it's really clear from Scripture that Jesus came to earth to do the Father's will, not his own. And the second point that I want to make is that 
Jesus did the Father's will no matter what the sacrifice or the cost to him. And so we're going to look at a few scriptures that show this. <clears throat> In Luke twenty-two forty-two, Jesus says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. In Mark 14, 36, Abba, Father, which is a very intimate term for his father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And in John 12, 27, he says, now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But this is the very reason I came. So through these scriptures, we can establish that Jesus came to do the will of the Father and that he was going to do the will of the Father no matter what the price or the sacrifice to him. So the next point I want to look at is what is Jesus' motivation for always doing the will of the Father? And in John 14, 31, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. So Jesus' motivation was a deep, sincere love for the Father, for always obeying Him, for always doing His will. And in John 15, 10, it says, When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments, and I remain in His love. So His motivation was a very powerful motivation of relationship and deep love for the Father. And so the next point, which is awesome, which is just awesome. So the next point I want to look at is what was the result of Jesus obeying the Father, of always submitting to the Father? And in John 12, 24, it says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Because Jesus sacrificed and because he submitted to the Father, it produced a plentiful harvest of new life. His sacrifice every time created life and blessing over and over again. In John 5, 19, it says, Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Hebrews 5.9 says, In this way, God qualified him as our perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obeyed him. Because of Jesus' obedience to the Father, millions upon millions of lives are being saved. How amazing that his obedience would result in, uh, in such a blessing to mankind. And not only that, but I love what it says in Ephesians 1.3. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So again, because of his obedience, we are going to experience every blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united with him and because of his sacrifice for us, which is just amazing. So the result of Jesus' submitting to the Father's will and dying to his own will was new life and blessing and the saving of millions of souls. So you may say, well, that was great for Jesus to do. He was God, but I can't, I can't do that. Let's look at what Scripture says about what God, how he wants us to live, how he, he wants us to walk. So in 1 John 2, 6, it says, those who say 
they live in God, should live their lives as Jesus did. We are to live our lives as Jesus did. He is the perfect model for us. And then I love what it says in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Paul's speaking, and he says, And you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. In John 13.15, he says, I have given you an example. Jesus is speaking. He says, I have given you an example to follow. And do as I have done to you. And then in Ephesians 5.2, he says, Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice, a pleasing aroma to God. And then in 1 Peter 2.21, it says, Christ is your example and you must follow in his steps. So from that, I think we can see pretty clearly that God, his expectation for us is that we are to follow his example and by, by submitting to Christ. What should our motivation be for following Christ? Like we can say, yeah, we're supposed to do this, but What's going to really motivate us to do that? What's going to really give us the energy and the, the ability to, to stay focused on that? And in John 14, 15, it says, If you love me, obey my commandments. And so we see that the same motivation that Christ had for obeying the Father, is, is the, which is love, is the same motivation for us to obey Christ. It is out of our love for him. And we need to constantly pray, Lord, deepen that love for, for you. Deepen that love that I have for you. Help me to love you like you love me. How are we to do this? In John 4, 15, 4 and 5, God shows us that the, we are to walk with Jesus. We are to obey him by abiding in him and by obeying his word. And so in this scripture, John 15, 4 through 5, he says, remain in me. Another word, another word for that is abide in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. We are to remain in Christ, but how do we do that? What, 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 how does God provide for us to remain in him? And it, is, and it is through, and how does he communicate with us? It's through his Holy Spirit. He sent an advocate to help us, to stay connected with him, uh, to guide us. There's several scriptures that show us that. In John 14, 26, it says, But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. And in 1 John 2, 27, he says, but you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. That's pretty amazing. We're always looking for more information. And we're always trying to, to seek truth. And he says, the, the source of all truth is within you. It's once you've accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells in you and he will provide you with all truth. It says, for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. So I love this verse because it's making the connection that the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us to remain in fellowship with Christ. So we can hear from Christ, so we can obey Christ, so we can be led by Christ. In Romans 8, 14, it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. We are to be led by his spirit. 
And in Genesis 5.25, it says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So that's another significant point, that every aspect of our lives, our businesses, our family, every aspect of our lives, we're to be looking to Jesus, communicating through the Holy Spirit to be led by Him. What is the result of our abiding to Jesus' will? Our abiding, our, our submitting, and our obeying to Jesus' will. We looked at what the result was when Jesus obeyed the Father, but what is the result when we obey Jesus? In John 15, 7 through 8, it says, But if you remain in me and my re words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So what he's saying is that as we abide in him, we are to, and, and we are die to ourselves. That's a really big point. We, may, we read that scripture about when a kernel of wheat dies, then it can produce life. We have to constantly practice dying to ourselves, dying to our flesh, dying to the things that we want so that we can submit to Jesus' will as we communicate with the Spirit and He shows us His will and how, what we are to do next, the things that He wants us to do. And He says, when we do this, we're going to produce awesome fruit. And producing awesome fruit brings great glory to the Father. Jesus loves to bring glory to the Father. We saw that in all those scriptures before. He loves to bring glory to the Father. He's excited to bring glory to the Father. And we get to help him bring glory to the Father as we submit to him. That opens the way for him to produce great fruit through our lives. This lifestyle of submission and obedience to do his will and to die to our will is, is something that I practice every single day. I, at times I do it very, very imperfectly, but it's been such a significant change in my life that every day I get to practice when I get up in the morning, Jesus, what do you want? Not my will today, but what do you want? Whatever situation that I'm in. And I want to share with you an example of how Jesus, through this practice and through learning this truth, how Jesus has become, in a practical way, the CEO of my company. I'm not the CEO of my company. I don't want to be the CEO of my company. I want Jesus to guide me because his guidance, his wisdom is what's going to produce great fruit. I'm a financial advisor and for many years I did financial advising just like everybody else. I invested people's money just like everyone else. But then the Lord showed me a type of investing called biblically responsible investing. The objective of that is to invest money, people's money, into companies that are not violating biblical principles that are participating in themes of human flourishing to meet critical, important human needs to bring blessing to mankind. When I initially learned about this, I was kind of uncomfortable with it because it's not the way that I'd ever done business. Uh, but God really got my attention through His Word, and He used a scripture to really show me what His will was, even though it was something that um, like I said, I wasn't really comfortable with when I first learned about it. So in Matthew 6.33, he said, Seek first my kingdom. Seek first my kingdom above all else, and 
live righteously, pursue righteousness, and I will give you everything you need. So as I looked at the way that I was investing, I knew that we were putting money into companies that were doing things that were violating biblical principles, that were either promoting abortion, selling pornography, or doing these things. And in this verse, Christ, God clearly says, pursue my righteousness. And so it really became pretty clear to me what I should do. The question was, was I going to do it? Was I going to be obedient? I made a huge shift in my company. I completely changed the way that I was handling the investments. I completely shifted to biblically responsible investing. And it was uncomfortable. There, was, there were questions. It really took faith. I had not, never done things that way before. And so I didn't know how well this was going to work. But as I was obedient, he worked out all the details. He showed me how to do it. He showed me what funds to use. He showed me all these things. And because of that, my clients have been greatly blessed, greatly blessed. And I have experienced a level of success that I don't believe that I ever would have if I would have just kept going. I probably wouldn't even be in business today if I would have not followed Christ's leading in that way. When we walk with Christ and we are in this constant communion with the Holy Spirit, uh, seeking His will, asking Him to guide us in whatever situation that we're in, God is going to use that to produce great life through us, to produce blessing and things that we cannot even imagine. But it requires that we, we die to our own will. And so I really want to encourage you, whatever area of life, but, but especially with your business, to think, to realize that Jesus can truly be the CEO of your company by understanding these truths and by living them out. Right, let me pray for you. Lord, we, we praise you. Um, it's just amazing that you came down from heaven being God and were willing to submit yourself um, to, to God, uh, even to uh, death on a cross, Lord. And, and you showed us by your perfect example um, how we are to live and how we are to relate to you. And this is such a powerful uh, truth that brings fulfillment in so much life and so much significance as we continue to submit to you, Lord. So I want to pray for everyone who's watching this message. Lord, help them to see this truth. Help them to live out this truth. Help them to um, give us greater and greater love for you. That would just be a, a natural motivation to want to submit to you in everything that we do and to please you in every way, Lord. We just thank you for our love for us, and we thank you for what we know you will do as we continue to grow in this way. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.